Hello, and welcome to Bichette's Disease Uncensored, a podcast to openly and honestly discuss this terrific autoimmune disease. I'm Alice Michaels, and I'll be your host. In this episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story and what it's been like living with Bichette's disease for the past 25 years. Now, keep in mind, this is my story. While all Bichette sufferers share the same diagnosis, we don't all share the same symptoms, severity, and prognosis. There's a lot of variability from one Bichette's patient to the next. So don't let any part of my story discourage you. Your story will, in all likelihood, be quite different. Just because I went through this horrible thing or that horrible thing doesn't mean you will. Now that we've got that out of the way, it's story time. The year was 1997. On a warm, late June night, after watching MTV, chain-smoking Marlboro Reds out the window of my basement bedroom, and reading one of the dirty magazines I had stashed under my bed, 16-year-old me dozed off to go to sleep. It was a perfectly normal night. But the following morning was anything but normal. When I woke up, my left eye felt like a wasp had flown in there and was trying to sting its way into my brain. There's sharp pain, and then there's sharp pain. This was more intense than anything I'd ever experienced, and that's saying something. Almost a decade earlier, I ran into a wasp's nest while playing outside. My mother, a registered nurse, counted more than 20 stings all over my body. Don't get me wrong, that really sucked. But the pain in my left eye on that Saturday morning in 1997 hurt more than a hundred wasps' stings. But the pain in my eye wasn't what worried me the most. It was the fact that I couldn't see. Literally overnight, I lost my vision in my left eye. When I'd gone to bed the night before, my vision seemed fine. I certainly didn't notice any problems while reading Barely Legal Magazine or watching Beavis and Butthead. This is one of the scariest aspects of having Bichette's. How quickly things can go from just fine to catastrophic. I told my mother about the eye and she brought me to see a nearby ophthalmologist. It was a Saturday morning and he made no attempt to hide how much he resented having to come in on his day off. He also made no attempt to hide how serious the inflammation in my retina was. I've never seen anything like it, the doctor told me. Not exactly something a scared teen wants to hear from a medical professional. Little did I know that would be the first time of many I'd hear some variation of that phrase come out of a doctor's mouth. The ophthalmologist said he'd never seen such severe inflammation come on so quickly before. He also told me he didn't know what had caused it, so he referred me to a retina specialist in Boston who I went to see the following week. While the cause of my inflamed eye was mysterious, it was hardly the first strange, painful, unexplained thing to happen to me. Just weeks earlier, over the course of a few days, my right knee swelled up to the size of a grapefruit, a big grapefruit, and required arthroscopic surgery. Like the ophthalmologist, the surgeon had no idea what caused the inflammation in my knee. But the weirdness didn't start with my knee, either. For years, I'd been getting strange bumps, humps, and lumps all over my body. Sometimes my joints would hurt for days or even weeks, only to eventually return to normal. And then there were the sores I'd get on the last two places you'd ever want them. In the mouth and on my balls. They began in middle school, getting more frequent and more severe as time went on. Not only did the on-call ophthalmologist and the surgeon have no clue what was causing my strange symptoms, neither did a dermatologist I'd seen, my pediatrician, or either of my parents, 
both accomplished nurses. But the retina specialist in Boston I was referred to did. After years of strange symptoms and a string of baffled healthcare professionals, I met a doctor who finally gave me the name of what had been wreaking havoc on my body for years, Bichette's disease. The highly trained retina specialist at the Massachusetts Eye and Ear Infirmary put the puzzle pieces together. The retinitis, oral and genital ulcers, joint pain, skin problems, and confidently diagnosed me with the rare autoimmune disease. The doctor himself was rude, arrogant, and impatient, but I didn't care. I was just happy to finally know what was wrong with me so I could be cured and move on with my life. Too bad there was no cure for Bichette's in 1997, and there still isn't today, unfortunately. The eye doctor referred me to a rheumatologist, a doctor who specializes in diseases like Bichette's. He put me on a cocktail of drugs including prednisone, methotrexate, colchicine, folic acid, and Vicodin for the painful ulcers. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to keep the Bichette's at bay. The ulcers continued. If anything, they got worse. And then about seven months after the uveitis in my left eye, I started experiencing pain and stiffness in my left leg. Stiffness and pain were nothing unusual. I had experienced both all over my body for years. They'd come on gradually over a few days, then go away over a few more. But my left leg kept getting worse and worse until the pain was unbearable and I couldn't bend it at all. Of course, this was on a weekend and I couldn't get in to see my pediatrician or rheumatologist and had no choice but to go to the emergency room. They promptly admitted me to the hospital. I spent the better part of a week there as the doctors tried to figure out what was wrong with me. They suspected one or more blood clots, but an ultrasound didn't find any and neither did any of the other tests they ran. But then an MRI, still a relatively new technology at the time and a very expensive one, revealed clots in the deep veins of my left leg and in my inferior vena cava, a vein that carries deoxygenated blood to the heart. After a long, frustrating week, I finally left the hospital with a prescription for the blood thinner Coumadin and a referral to a hematologist, a.k.a. a blood specialist. Over the next few months, my leg mostly returned to normal, and I was able to come off the anticoagulant. Though no one else besides my rheumatologist and I seemed to notice the difference, my left calf was just slightly larger than the right. It would stay that way for well over a decade. The oral and genital ulcers in addition to a variety of other embarrassing and sometimes painful skin problems, persisted into my 20s. Fortunately, I didn't have any more problems with my eyes, nor did I get any more blood clots. By the time I was in my mid to late 20s, the ulcers, skin problems, and joint pain more or less went away completely. I gradually tapered off the meds I'd been on, including the opioid analgesics I'd been prescribed for nearly a decade. When I turned 30 in 2010, I finally reached something I thought I never would have in a million years. Remission. Remission is when the severity of an illness is greatly reduced or it stops altogether. I'd read that, for a lot of people with Bichette's, it often hits hard for a few years and then goes into remission. For a lucky few, it never returns. But I'm not that lucky. In 2015, after more than five years of remission, the Bichette's decided to come out and play again. Just like the pain and stiffness in my left leg nearly 20 years earlier, I experienced the same thing in my right. I didn't want to go back on medication. I didn't even want to see a doctor. 
It had been about five years since I'd even stepped foot in a doctor's office, but the pain got so bad that I had no choice. I ended up getting admitted to the same hospital I was at with the clots in 1998. Fortunately, this time I only had to stay for one night. An ultrasound revealed massive clots not just on my right leg, which was the only one that was stiff and swollen. I also had massive clots, though less severe, in my left. And just like that, I was back on meds and back to seeing several doctors. I went back to the rheumatologist I'd seen in my teens and twenties, and he started me on azathioprine in addition to the blood thinner I was on. It seemed to work. My legs gradually got better and I came off the Coumadin. For the next couple of years, no new symptoms. But then in 2018, more pain and stiffness in my legs, and an ultrasound revealed more clots. The clots in my legs, medically known as deep vein thromboses, or DVTs for short, aren't usually much of a problem themselves. But if one of those clots breaks off and travels to the lungs, big trouble. Pulmonary embolism, or PE. Since I'd had not one, not two, but three series of clots, my doctors and I decided to permanently keep me on blood thinners. Coumadin requires frequent blood work. Those of you who've been on it know what a pain in the ass it is. Fortunately, some newer anticoagulants have come on the market in recent years that don't require any blood work. My doctor suggested Eliquis, and after looking into it, decided to give it a try. I've been on it since the spring of 2018, and since then, no new clots. I like it a million times more than Coumadin. And I'm also staying on azathioprine and a couple other meds indefinitely. As much as I wish I didn't need any meds, I've come to accept that it's probably best if I stay on them for life. Since the 2018 clots, I haven't had any major Pichette symptoms. Just the occasional skin oddity, but usually nothing requiring a trip to the doctor. And that just about sums up my Bichette story. But it is just a summary. There's a lot I left out. If you're interested in learning more about my Bichette story, you can read every last dirty, dark detail in the book I wrote about living with the illness. It's called Finding Happiness Through Pain and Embarrassment, My Life with Bichette's Disease, a memoir. It's available in print, ebook, and audiobook format, and are available anywhere books are sold. I'll leave a link in the description if you're interested. And that concludes this episode of Bichette's Disease Uncensored. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. For Bichette's Disease Uncensored, I'm Ellis Michaels. Take care and be well. Thank you.